Well, good morning. How are y'all doing today? A little bit louder. I can't hear you. <laughs> well, good. It's so good to have you guys here today. Uh, it is so good. If you're a first-time visitor, if you're, this is your first time in a long time, let me just say welcome. It is great to have you guys here. We're in this series called Identity. We're going to jump right in today because we have some really cool things happening today uh, that I want to kind of let you guys in on. But before we do that, we're going to kind of finish up. Uh, this series called Identity, and we've been talking about who we are as a church. We've been talking about who God has called us to be. This specific location, this specific group of people over eight years ago came together, felt like God was calling us to this region, to this community that is that where there's 90% of the people in this community don't go to church on a regular basis. And so we felt like God was calling us to do something different, something unique. But in this series, we're talking about the mission that God has designed specifically for us. 90% of the people in this county, in the county of Floyd, that's 31,500 people who likely don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we plan to reach these people? How do we plan to reach this region? And how do we plan to reach people all around the world with a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ? And so, as we were asking these questions recently, uh, in fall of 2020, our leadership came together. We started asking these questions again. This is what kind of prompted us to begin this church eight years ago. But we started uh, asking these questions again because we needed to reevaluate. Like, are we doing this? Are we doing what God has called us to do? And so, as we were doing this, God said, here is your mission, okay? I need you to refocus. I want you to refocus your efforts. Here is your mission, if you choose to accept. We exist in this church. We exist so that more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. This is what we're all about. This is who we are. And that's not just our, our vertical relationship with Jesus Christ, but look around. That's our relationships with each other as well. Super important in this church. We exist so that more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. That phrase, so that more people, represents the Great Commission, right? That's the Great Commission. We're all called to make more disciples. We exist so that more people, and we all, uh, we, we, we all have, have a need to be transformed from something to something else. And none of us have arrived and just say, okay, we no longer sin. We're no, we're no longer in any pr kind of problems whatsoever. We're good. None of us are in that shape. We happen to believe in this church that transformation comes through relationships. Obviously, the most important relationship, that's with God the Father. Um, but the second is our relationships with each other. And the truth is we are better together. We're better together. We outlined five values where we basically said, if you do these things, if we do these things, God basically gave us these values and said, if you do this, you will be helping more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus. The values lead to behaviors, and behaviors lead to our idea of success. That's why we call them values. Our values lead to our behaviors, and our behaviors lead to our idea of success. If you call this church your home, if this is your place where, where you, you join together and you want to be a part of this church, if you want to be a part of this family, this is how we roll. Number one, we love differently. It's a value. One of our biggest values we love differently. It means that we're a community of people who love all through our words, our actions, and our attitudes. Number two is we grow. It's our second value. We believe in growing in this church. That means that we're a community of people who are committed to growing individually and collectively. Number three is that we live real in this church. We're honest about who we are. 
so that God can transform us. That's how we live real. We don't proclaim to be something that we're not. We are honest about who we are, where we are in our journey so that God can transform us. Number four is that we think legacy. We, this is a fun one. We think legacy. We live out our faith. We live our faith out loud to make an impact on generations to come. That's our fourth value. You see that in the kids ministry that we have. You see that in the student ministry that we have at this church. You see this being lived out in our lives. And then number five, we celebrate all this. We celebrate stories. That means that, that we celebrate God's big story, the gospel, and every other story that he is writing. And I always say this. If there's breath in your lungs, God's still writing your story. He's not finished with you yet. So we do those things. If, if we do those things well, folks will know who we are and who we represent if we do those things well. So how do we do this? How do we live this out? There's the next part of this and the last thing I'm going to end with today uh, with this series of identity is our strategy. How do we live this out, right? We know we need to behave this particular way because of our values. We know that this is what we're trying to accomplish, but how do we actually do this. And today I want to talk about our strategy. If you've been a part of this church for any time at all, you probably know this already. But we have outlined three key words that lead us to success in what God has called us to do. So that means that when we know, we know why we exist, when we've identified some important values and how we're going to behave, and when we do these three things, then we're going to be living on mission for what God has called us to do in this church. At this church, we gather, we grow, and we go. Gather, grow, and go. That's our strategy. That's how we live this out. We gather together. We gather to connect and engage with others. We grow together and individually, and then we go. We don't just stay put. We actually go. We take what we know. We take what we're learning. We take our testimony, and we actually put it into action in the world. So the first, I'm going to go through each one of these. I'm going to break them down for you real quick. And this is why we chose these particular words to identify what our strategy is in this church. Number one is that we gather. The writer of Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews chapter 10. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I feel like the writer of Hebrews could have penned this scripture today. And it would still be extremely, extremely relevant, right? Let us not, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Let us think of ways to motivate one another into acts of love and, and kindness and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together, but encourage one another, especially now that the day has grown near. We meet together to encourage one another, folks. That's why we meet we meet together to encourage one another. We meet together to worship God to, and to tell of his great works. When you've been in a service, doesn't matter where you are, if it's at this church or another church, when you've been in a service where people truly meet Jesus, where people truly worship God, doesn't it give you energy? Doesn't it give you a bit of excitement on the inside that you're like, I'm ready to go back out into the world for the rest of the week now? Because I've met Jesus, I've met with people, that's what it's supposed to be. Us coming together, encouraging each other, loving on one. If you're not supposed to come here and just be a consumer, sit by yourself, soak it all in and go home. That's not, that's not what this church is about. We come together to encourage each other to good works. 
goes on Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. How cool is that? Like Jesus says that when we gather together, Jesus himself is among us. Like, is there a better reason to gather? Is there a better reason for us to actually come together than to know that Jesus is among us? In order to succeed in the mission that God has called us to, we must gather together. And in this season of COVID and social distancing and all this junk that is happening around us, this one's hard. This one's really hard. There's no question. But we must continue to gather together. We must continue to be with each other so that we can spur each other, encourage each other to good works and good deeds and to love. The second thing is that we grow. And this one is one of our core values as well. So we've spent a significant amount of time talking about this one already. And I do want to just throw a little teaser out there for you. Uh, we're moving into a new season in this church where our leadership is going to be focusing on something super important. And that's, that is this word discipleship. And so I'm just throwing this out there right now. We're looking for ways to help you and to help us grow together. And so I hope you're excited about that as I am. I'm, I'm excited about what the future holds for us as we start looking into how God is calling us to grow together. Um, but if you call this church home, it means that you take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. It means that you take responsibility for your own faith journey. It means that you're actively and intentionally working to grow your faith and your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. We're actively trying to grow together. James chapter 1 verse 22 puts it like this. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen. Don't just be hearers of the word. If otherwise, if you are only hearers of the word, you're only fooling yourselves. Not only hearers, but doers of the words. That means that, that we take steps. We get involved with and we do things in this church that draw us closer to God, but also draw us closer to each other. We join groups. We just launched groups this past Wednesday night. If any of you guys were a part of that, how cool was it, right? Wasn't it fun? It was a two of you. Thanks, mom and my aunt. Thank you so much. Um, we had a great time, uh, or they had a great time. I wasn't able to be with you guys. My kids were sick, but, um, they had a great time. I was able to see lots of photos and testimonies of, of groups. And so, so we take steps. That means that we get involved in groups and then we grow together. We take steps to join teams, serving teams. Someone texted me yesterday and said, what is the team at your church? What is the team? Well, a team at our church just means that you're serving together. You're on some team where we are serving together. We take steps at this church. That means that we get on teams and we serve together. We get on a kids team where, where we invest in the legacy of impacting a thousand generations. We get on the hospitality team so that we can fix amazing coffee. Karen Hall this morning made the coffee. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. Amen. There's more claps for that than groups. Awesome. Um, <laughs> So, yes, so you get on serving teams. Somebody that greets you when you walk through. Steve's out front this morning, and, and he's a big smile on his face when you walk through the door. You get on teams, and you serve. So we gather, we grow, and then number three, I'm, I'm rushing, I'm sorry. I'm trying to rush through this, but um, number three is that we go. We gather, we grow, and we go. It's not for the sake of just getting information and holding it all in and just keeping it all to ourselves. No, that's not what we do. We actually put it into action. We go. It's really easy for us to follow Christ while we're here in this church building, right? It's really easy for us to raise our hands and follow the Lord while we're here. But the rubber meets the road when we get to our jobs. 
The rubber meets the road when we get to the restaurants after service on Sunday or when we get home with our families and we have an argument with our wife or our husbands. Are we actually going to take Jesus out of the walls of this church? The strategy for success in this church is that we gather, we grow, and we go. Check out what Jesus said once his work on earth was complete. Super important words. Jesus is getting ready to ascend back into heaven. He says this. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Everything I have is under my authority. Everything that you have is under my authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them or teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. And then he goes on to give us this promise. And you can be sure of this, that I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I love the word go here. I love the word go because he's saying that what we need to do is go. I'm not ready, pastor. He didn't say once you're ready. He said go. Sometimes we're not going to be ready and we need to go anyway. He says go and while we're going, while we're going, we should be making disciples. Oftentimes we leave our Christian hat here at the church. And when we go into the world, we don't take Jesus with us. Folks, listen, this is the most important thing that, that we can do in our lives. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. We gather to hear the word of God, to encourage each other and to spur each other to acts of, of good works and kindness. We grow by taking responsibility for our faith, our faith journey, and by serving together. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end just by serving in the church or coming to groups in the church. We must take what we've learned and go into the world to make more of us. Make more disciples. Paul says it like this. He said, you've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Tell what you know. Listen, teach what you know. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know, I say this all the time, you don't have to know all of the books of the Bible from top to bottom, from, from beginning to end. You don't even have to be able to quote scripture. You know what Jesus is saying? Just tell what you know. Tell what you know, it's that simple. Here's the, here's the cool thing. As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, every single one of us have a testimony. That means that we know where we were and when God spoke life into us, and he transformed us into this, that's all we have to know. Sure, it's great when we grow together and when we grow individually, we learn these things and we learn biblical principles and truths and things like that. But really to testify to someone, to share something with someone, it's really just telling your own story. And don't kid yourself, we all have one. If you're a follower of Christ, we all have a story. And guys, gather grow, and go. That's our strategy. And that's how we're going to reach the some 31,500 people in Floyd County that currently do not have, seemingly, a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's how we're going to connect with our neighbors that are far from God. It's how we're going to connect with the people at Food City that may be far from God. It's how we're going to connect with the people at the restaurants that we're going to go eat at after service Today, But when we gather and we grow and we go, we're going to be taking the gospel to the nations as Christ instructed us to. You see, you can't stop on gather and grow. 
That's not the point. We must take what we know and go. When we gather and we grow and we go, we're going to be living out this unique mission that God has called us to in this church. Guys, this is us. This is our identity. If you call this church home, if you are a part of this family, this is what you are buying into. This is what you are a part of. This is our identity. And I hope, I hope, I hope that over the past four weeks I've made it abundantly clear who we are, what we do, and how we're going to succeed. I hope that if you followed along, if you haven't, you can go on YouTube, look at our, 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 um, our church YouTube page. You can look at the past four weeks' sermons. Every decision that we make, hear me, every decision that we make, we make so that it will help us lead more people to experiencing transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. Every decision that we make. In the fall of 2020, as I said earlier, we, um, our leadership came together to evaluate how we're doing. You know, COVID had been running rampant at that point, and we had just been struggling and, and to connect because we were all online at that point, and um, uh, it was just hard. It was just a very difficult time, and so uh, we weren't completely online at that, at that moment, but we started coming together to say, how are we doing? God called us to these 90% in Floyd County that don't currently attend church. How are we doing? Let's give ourselves a grade. And so we started evaluating that, and we started praying because what we realized is that we weren't really doing a good job. We really weren't doing a good job. And so as many other churches around us at the time, we started reevaluating. How do we do this better? How do we do this better? So we started evaluating things and, and we basically said everything's on the table. Everything is on the table. If it doesn't help us reach more people for transforming relationships through Jesus Christ, we don't want it. It's not necessary. This is our mission. This is what God has called us to. As our hearts were opened to his leading, God gave us amazing clarity. I've preached about that for four weeks now. And as I mentioned last week, we came to the conclusion that our name really didn't represent us well in this community. Our, we, our entire leadership came together and we all decided at some point that our name didn't represent us well to the 31,500 people in this county that currently don't know Jesus as their Savior. And so I told you last week we're changing it. That's right, we're changing our name. We're, we took a little inspiration from the transformation in this old warehouse. I'll tell you more that, about that in a minute, but first I want to tell you a story. Back in Father's Day of this year, um, the women of the church, actually one particular, Rebel, I think it was, uh, Reynolds, she uh, bought a bunch of donuts for all of our dads, right? All the men in the church. Everybody was able to enjoy the donuts it was great. We just, you know, gave them out on Sunday morning. And, and, um, but they weren't all gone. There were about four boxes of them that were still here on Monday morning. And guess what? I was dieting at the time. And so I was trying my best not to eat them. But every time I'd walk through the lobby, guess what was staring at me? Calling my name every time I walked through the lobby were those donuts. And I'd taken it as long as I could take it, guys. I was struggling. I was, I was at my wit's end. It was terrible. Later that evening... Beth and a few others came into the church, and Beth said, why don't you call the police department and have them come pick these donuts up? Because we tend to do that. Our, our police officers here, they do an excellent job, our firefighters. And so anytime that we have extra food, we always try to bless them with that. And so I said, sure, I'll call the police department. I'll have them come over and pick them up. So here's how it went. Later that evening, 
um, I got on the phone out in the lobby, and I basically called up dispatch, uh, 886-1010, and the lady came on, and I was like, first of all, this is not an emergency. I need you to know that, okay? Then I said, this is Clayton Case over at Ridge Point Church. We have some donuts that I thought maybe uh, some of your guys would really like. Do you have anyone in the area that would want to stop by and pick them up? And first she giggled a little bit, you know, cops, donuts, you know, sorry Chandler. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> stay in shape, you know, don't get around. Um, so, so that's happening and she's like, she giggled a little bit and she's like, yeah, I think I have someone um, in, you know, that could probably come by and pick them up. And I was like, okay, cool. And here's how it went from that point on. Here's how the conversation went from my side. Ridgepoint Church. Uh, Clayton Case, yeah, yeah, Ridge Point Church, yeah, it's a church, uh-huh, yeah, Water Gap Road, yeah, Ridge, Ridge, Big Blue Warehouse, they'll be right there, as soon as I said Big Blue Warehouse, she said, I'll have someone right over there, crazy story, isn't it, and so they had someone come over and pick up the, the donuts, it was a lot of fun, they, I'm sure they enjoyed them, but the story of this church is a story of transformation. The story of this building is a story of transformation. That God took this dirty, useless old warehouse that sat empty for up to two years before we came into this building. And he transformed it into a place where you and I are sitting and standing today and we're worshiping Jesus in it. He transformed this dirty, smelly old warehouse into a place where people come to meet him on a weekly basis. He transformed this, this place that everyone looked at that thought was junk, that no one wanted to attempt to, to, to work on it because they all thought it was junk. And he transformed it. And guess what? This building still has a lot of issues. It still has a lot of problems. That's why we don't turn the lights on. You don't want to see the carpet. That was supposed to be funnier. Sorry. <laughs> God transformed this building in the same way that he wants to transform your life. You know what? You're not perfect either. And if we turn the lights on really bright in your life and we shine a big light into your life, you probably see imperfections, right? But guess what? God still wants to use you anyway. The same way that he wants to use this warehouse. So ladies and gentlemen, today I present to you, from this day forward, this church will be known as the Warehouse Church. Take a look at this video. In the beginning, we dreamed of a place where people could come and feel welcome. It didn't matter where they had been on Saturday night. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter if they had alcohol in their breath or drugs in their veins. A place where everyone was welcome and everyone was welcome to experience Jesus and experience transformation. About nine years ago, um, we learned of some research done by the Barna Group um, that indicated that 90% of the people in Florida County do not attend church on a regular basis. And they defined a regular basis as two times a month. Um, and that really just shook us to our core. Um, 
90% of the people that are in our community or in our sphere of influence, they do not attend church more than two times a month. And we started questioning, um, what can we do to, to draw people into churches so that they can be you know, exposed to the, to the teachings of Jesus? And there was a core of us that it really started working on our hearts. Jane and I had always gone to traditional church for 44 years. And our son Craig and his wife Gwen and our granddaughter Olivia uh, attended this church. And we decided that we also wanted to be a part of this church. And we knew that it was different before we came. We knew the music would be different. We knew that the dress would be more casual. Um, we knew that the lighting and just everything in the sanctuary would be different. But that was all right with us. We were willing to accept that. And we realized that uh, as you grow older, you can't just hang on to what once was. You have to start looking forward to what can be, and you have to be willing to change. And we have to uh, realize that it's not about us, it's about others. We had a friend of ours who summed it up like this, and, and this saying really, resonated with us. He said, you know, I would rather be a fisher of men than a keeper of the aquarium. And there's a hundred churches in Floyd County. 90% of the people in this county don't attend those hundred churches. And so our main goal was, you know, what can we do? How can we, you know, how can we do what the Lord has laid on our heart in order to reach these people in a way that they 90% of the people have already been turned off by? Our desire was to see people reached and transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. And so we started systematically looking at each thing that stood in the way of people coming to church. More importantly, stood in the way of people coming to Christ. And so we created an environment at this church where everyone is welcome. We created an environment where it doesn't matter what you wear, it doesn't matter your background if you attended another church somewhere else, you're welcome here. We removed the barriers so that folks felt like they didn't have to wear dresses and they didn't have to act a certain way before they came into the building. That Jesus loves us right where we are, but he loves us enough to want to transform us into his image. People just, you know, crowds kept coming and young people kept coming and uh, young families bringing their children. And we realized that uh, we need a, another building that's big enough to where we can have a, a service for the children of, of these parents that were coming. And uh, uh, we started in here, you know, and, and really changing the looks of this whole building inside. He gave us this building, this warehouse, this dirty, smelly, junked up warehouse in the middle of Water Gap here in Prestonsburg. And he gave it to us to, to transform, to do something that no one had done in this place before, but to take something that was meant for other purposes and be used for his glory. So we did what we were asked to do. We did what God had called us to do. When this warehouse was built, it was originally a car dealership. And then it became a junkyard, then it became a diesel garage, but none of those things were what God had intended for this building. I've driven by this building my whole life. Um, never once thought that there would be a church there. 
but that's what God had planned for this building. I had looked at this blue building that's sitting here beside the road for two or three years, empty and everything, and I knew it was just a warehouse, you know, and, and they had parts in, back in where our church is now, and they repaired the big truck engines out in the big main building out here. And we came in here and we looked at it and nobody was depressed about it. We just decided, you know, uh, we think God's in this and it, it's we can make this thing look beautiful, you know. I remember how excited we were when we moved in and thinking of all the great possibilities and thinking this was just the biggest, hugest building ever. And I remember being really excited about it, but being also a little overwhelmed because I honestly felt like if God's giving us this huge big warehouse, he's got huge plans. Amen. And it's and it's it's gonna be hard, but it's gonna be but it's gonna be worth it. And so as the weeks went by, we started to see the transformation in this warehouse. We started to see a lot of the places throughout the building be transformed into areas where kids were gonna meet Jesus, where students were gonna meet Jesus, where adults are gonna meet Jesus. The place that used to be used uh, as a storage facility is now a sanctuary where weekly we come together and meet Jesus together. I guess a lot of times you hear people think they have to get cleaned up before they come to church, and we are so the opposite. You know, come as you are, come as you are, and and you will be accepted. We we will be representative of the fact that Jesus accepts you because we're going to accept you, just as you are. Yeah. So my first day here at the church, um, you know, like I said, I had my hood up. I was very shy, and uh, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And I remember the first time that I came in to, to the worship center and I felt comfortable enough to like put my hands up and like worship the Lord. Cause I had done it before in other like treatment facilities I went to or other churches I went to. But like, I remember Clayton saying something about real people, real freedom and real love. And I thought, man, like I can relate to that. Like we gotta be real. I mean, you gotta keep it real, you have to. I remember when he said that, I was like, wow, like, I can get with this church, like, I'm down with this. This sounds like a good idea, like, so I just, I felt comfortable and I put my hands up and I just, you know, I started like to get back into to my worship phase, like my worship, uh, I started to feel comfortable with worship again, if you will, and God started moving in my heart. He started revealing things to me little bit by little bit. So I started getting involved with, uh, with small groups with the church and, uh, we'd go meet every Wednesday, you know, and I really felt like, I felt like an outcast, but no one treated me that way. Like, when I came in the doors, I had, you know, I didn't want to talk to nobody. You know, God had just removed the drugs from my life and put me in this new place, and like, I was petrified to talk to anybody. Like, I've been to churches before who, you know, they would, you could, you can tell the looks you get, but like, I didn't experience that here. Like. People come right up to me and talk to me, showed me love, but I didn't want to talk to nobody. I came in with my hood up and I just tried to like make myself invisible to everyone and just sneak my way into the, the worship center, you know, and just get to my seat. But uh, it wasn't long, people just started coming right up to me, talk to me and expressing, you know, how glad they was I was here. And I truly believe that, uh, I truly believe that 
the cure to addiction is love and positive connections through Jesus, you know, through the church, through through love and positive connections, he set me free from drug addiction. And, uh, you know, the church is the best place to find love and positive connections because it comes from a genuine place of Jesus, you know. You don't have to be perfect to come to church here. Uh, you know, we want people warts and all because we glorify when, when they, when Jesus comes in and changes their life, hey, we all get to be part of that. And that, that's an awesome thing. Three, four years ago, it was a dead, dying, empty building. And it had been so many different things in its lifespan, mm -hmm. but God had a bigger plan for it. And now you come here on Sunday morning, there's kids all over the place. There's music being played. There's people worshiping the Lord. There are sermons being delivered. There are lives being changed. There are people giving their heart to Jesus. It is just an amazing transformation that we have seen in this, in this warehouse. There's hopeless people driving around <laughs> everywhere, walking around everywhere. There are hopeless people walking around in Walmart. There are hopeless people at the grocery store. There are hopeless people. There are hopeless people who need Jesus. And we have Jesus. And we just want to introduce them. But um, ultimately, just that um, heaven would be more full of people because of what happens in this warehouse. Over 50 years ago, this building was built with a particular purpose, but God had bigger plans. Eight years ago, this church was formed, but God had bigger plans. We are Warehouse Church. We exist so that more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. The same transformation that you've seen in this building is what God wants for your life. God wants you to be transformed from something to something much greater, to be more like His image. We exist so that you and I and all of us together can be transformed through Jesus Christ. It's more than just a building. Welcome. Well, there you go. What do you think? <clears throat> it's more than just a building. It's a story of transformation. It's a story of hope. I'm going to invite the team to come up. Uh, it's a story of purpose. God took the dirty old warehouse that, that had no real purpose for more than two years and transformed it into a place where we meet Jesus. Do you know that as soon as you walk out the doors in this sanctuary, that there is a wall right there to your right. If you turn around and look behind you, where all the, all the people, most of the people uh, that have been baptized in this building, most of their names are written there on that wall. This is a place where people come to meet Jesus. We've shared Jesus with hundreds of children in this warehouse. We use this warehouse to come together and worship Jesus weekly to learn what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we use this warehouse to give you the tools that you need to go out into the world, to send you into the world, to the mission field, because it's more than just a building. If God can do this with a building, how much more can he transform your life? It's more than just a building. I'd like to introduce you to our new Warehouse Kids logo. Take a look. How cool is that, right? It's fun. Yeah, you can applaud. It's fine. We also have a new student ministry logo. Take a look at that. Warehouse students. It's really exciting. It's similar to our... Yeah. And then even our values, the values that I've been preaching on for the past three weeks, uh, got a little bit of facelift. And so you're going to see these all around the church coming up very soon. Celebrate stories, love differently, think legacy, we grow, 
and live real. Um, you, you're going to see a lot of changes over the next couple of weeks in regards to the facade of this building uh, and, and a little bit of a facelift to the colors and different signage and things like that. It's all fun. It's all exciting. And as you leave today, right out front in the lobby, we have a little, bit of, we have a little gift that we want to give to everyone that walks out the doors today. But I want to leave you with this. The same transformation, the exact same transformation that you see in this building, in the warehouse, is the same kind of transformation that God wants for your life. Wherever you are in your faith journey, maybe you just started. Maybe you've been on this path for a really long time, but you've kind of what you would consider straight away from God or, 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 or went in your own direction. God will call you out from the darkness that you've created in your own life and call you into a transforming relationship with Him. Wherever you are in life, the same kind of transformation in this building, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Nor are you. But guess what? God's going to use you anyway. And not only will He, He wants to. And so if you're in this space today, you're watching online, Today is the day that you just want to see that same kind of transformation in your own life. I invite you to stand. Everyone, just go ahead and stand. I invite you to come to the altar. We call this the altar. This is an, an area that we come and, and we meet Jesus at. But you can do it from your own, your own seat. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. And wherever you are on this faith journey. Remember, God loves you. And God wants to see you transformed. Not for his, not just for his glory, but for your benefit as well. Because he said he came to give you life and life to the fullest. And we can only experience life to the fullest when we're walking with him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you've given us, Lord. I thank you, God, that, that you, thank you for transformation. I thank you for the transformation in this building. I thank you for the transformation in our lives. I thank you for bringing our leadership to this moment where we are declaring to the world that, that, that we are all about transformation. We are Warehouse Church. When we talk to people in the community, when we strike up a conversation and someone says, what in the world? You go to Warehouse Church? What does that mean? God, it's just such a beautiful opportunity for us to be able to respond. Let me tell you what that means. Because the same kind of transformation that you see in this building, God wants to transform your life. What a great opportunity that we have, God, to be your hands and feet in this community, in this world, to see transformation for your glory and for our benefit. If there's anyone here today, God, that's far from you, I pray that you draw them close today. Draw them close to you, Father, and allow them to be transformed. We love you and thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.